Podcast. On Gang Grow Retain today, we're diving into a topic that Alex Turkovich, is it Turkovich? Very good. Most people miss right. it. Perfect. Uh, so uh, you started a thread on Gang Grow Retain around client-facing education. And so um, what I liked about this post is really thinking a lot about when we actually had this topic on our office hours today is um, how are we especially moving into a more digital world and uh, technologies are all coming, are coming out left and right, but how are we really helping our customers become educated about our product? I think also about our industry and just staying on top of news. And I think there's tons of different ways that you can think about education, but um, Alex, you know, let's start with you in the first place. Like what made you want to write the post or why did you start the thread um, even to begin with? Well, um, you know, for me, client-facing education has been a, a passion of mine for a long time now. And, um, you know, the community is, is such a lovely kind of group of people who have knowledge in so many different kind of facets of the industry. I figured it was a good place, you know, good place to just start some conversations, see what other people are doing. Granted, I think I, think I started the conversation um, in more of a, a how type of mentality versus a why mentality, which is an interesting place to start, I guess. But, um, you know, for me, I think um, if you get it right, the the, the thing that I love about client-facing education is if you get it right, it can be like this holy trinity of, um, you know, client enablement, but then also marketing collateral and building value for your brand, but then also internal development for team members and things like that. And um, so I just wanted to see what, you know, what other folks were up to and what you know, people were doing out there. Yeah. And that makes sense. I like the way you thought about that. Like there's, uh, there is the actual like one-to-one component, like we're helping the customer get educated on the product and there's, you know, great value in that. Also, this should create collateral that our marketing team and our sales team should be able to use. And then also, we, hey, we have to onboard people onto our teams all the time. And how, you know, now we've got collateral and we've got an engine, um, theoretically, that we should be building, you know, help that move um, more quickly as well. Uh, awesome. Well, we've got a second guest here today, too. Sama. Is that, did I say that right? Sama. 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 I'm sorry. Sama. No is it Hafiz or is it Ishak? Because I noticed. You got it. On- okay. You got it. <laughs> Summer. I like it. Awesome. You. Well, you had a, um, so you, you quickly chimed in on the post and um, you had a ton of different just insights. It seems like you've been in this space around education um, for quite a bit of your career. And so I think you had some really great insights in here about, uh, I think getting into Alex's point about the how and like the kind of the gotcha moments to look out for and what you need to be thinking about. So uh, maybe just give us a quick little background on, you know, how come you're passionate about the education space and uh, where did you kind of pick up all these little tidbits along the way? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think I'm nowhere near the expert that Alex is. I had a chance to look at your profile and was like, (laughs) well, um, so I I wouldn't, you know, put myself at the same level, but I have most my, you know, my most recent experience was at Thought Industries, which is a learning technology company and platform. And so having, uh, you know, owned the entire post-sales motion there, we're talking professional services, implementation, customer training, customer support, and then what I would call maybe lowercase customer success. Although, you know, uh, I don't like using the term lowercase to describe customer success. Uh, You know, I feel like I bring a certain perspective to bear that's maybe relevant and recent. And obviously with COVID, I think that the 
need to invest in customers uh, enablement um, is glaringly obvious and a lot of folks are a little late to the game and trying to figure out how to get started or how to play catch up and so I wanted to chime in and just provide a perspective that's based on either several uh, challenging implementations that I observed or experienced um, and or successes that you know we help drive with our customers. So. Nice, awesome. Well, I think maybe a, a jumping off point just to get the discussion going too is um, I think a lot of what we've heard in our community is people looking for maybe the, their own software to have a lot of the education kind of built in, right? They're looking for tool tips, they're looking for like in-app trainings and uh, kind of thoughtful ways to bring the customer throughout that journey. So um, how do you guys think about that? Like, is it like, do we need to have some of this built into the technology inherently? Um, or is it, you know, also pseudo, like we've got marketing campaigns that we're running and we like, how are we kind of getting the customers even to begin kind of this education process around the product? So maybe Alex, let's start with you on that question and, and how you think about that. You know, it's such, it, it's, it's a, it's such an individual, individual answer, I think, uh, based on, you know, what you're really trying to do, what your goals are as an organization. And then also just practically, what's your existing tech stack look like? What systems are you using? What do you have that you can leverage versus having to invest in, you know, new LMSs and knowledge management systems and all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think the, the, the core of it is, is really why you need to provide the education and you know what what the core issue is you're trying to solve and getting that solid i think is is, is the misstep that a lot of folks make i think you know a lot of folks start with oh well we need a you know we need a, a community and we need a knowledge base it's like, well okay you do but why you know what what issues are you trying to solve and is that the right answer um so i think people tend to jump into the technology really quickly versus kind of answering the, the question of, of what is it you're trying to do and, and where are your customers? Are your customers technically savvy? Are they not technically savvy? Um, you know, where do they live? Are they a TikTok generation or are they, you know, um, do they prefer email forwards? <laughs> um, so I, I, think, I think that's really the, the, the first step. Um, there are so many tools out there. I mean, just when you think about, you know, in-platform like contextual help, you know, things like WalkMe are awesome tools to, you know, to provide kind of those in-platform tours. But again, that's just one of maybe a dozen that are out there uh, that can help. So um, it's a wishy-washy answer, but I think it really just depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah, and I think maybe, but what I'm, I think maybe the, even what you're saying too is the core answer, and I think we see this a lot too with even just customer success technology, you know, that's helping you with retention and metrics and some of those things, like you still need to have the strategy first. So it almost sounds like what you're uh, talking about too is, you know, in the same instance that we have a customer journey mapped out for the customer lifecycle and what they're going through. Um, we also need to really be thinking about that from the persona side and making sure that each of those personas, especially during this onboarding and initial value, like time to first value phase, like we've got really scripted ways that we're kind of leading them through the product. So um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of really looking at the customer journey, uh, the holistic customer journey from, you know, your typical flows from pre, uh, you know, pre-sales, marketing funnels all the way through to, you know, deal close, contract, 
implementation and then post-sale, what that long-term engagement looks like. And if you have that ideal scenario all mapped out, then you can start to plug in, okay, where are the issues that, you know, what, what are the, um, you know, the churn risks that I have along that whole process? And what can tools and processes and systems do to help gap those risks? Yeah. Stama, does this, does this follow what you were writing around kind of learning paths are important? Is that, or is that a little bit different or is that kind of around the same thing we're talking about in terms of personas and how you've had some of those experiences? Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, one thing I'll just add, um, in, in my, you know, experience customers buy technology because they have a set of jobs that they need to get done faster, quicker, more efficiently, cost effectively. And role-based learning, I think provides a more effective means at helping the discrete practitioners on a given team get those jobs done. So I've seen that the one size fits all training beyond like the initial kind of overall platform feature demos or intros um, can, uh, I think, lose, um, you know, you, I think you lose uh, your user's attention at some point because the training and the material and the context is no longer relevant to the work they need to get done. And uh, our customers are really busy. They wear multiple hats and, you know, the time that they invest in your tool and your platform needs to be, you know, worth it. And I think role-based learning, um, if it's aligned to the kind of jobs that they need to do, and um, if you can, you know, create a prescriptive learning path that helps them to build that knowledge incrementally using maybe, you know, uh, micro learning, uh, type of types of interactions rather than try to, you know, kill them by death of slides, then I think that um, role-based learning can be highly effective and allow you to learn a lot about the different types of users that are engaging with the different facets of your technology and uh, address any knowledge gaps through that process. Yeah. Yeah. That really resonates with me because I think about that from my own experience of getting tools, you know, like I, I always think especially now in today's age like we're all consumers even of b2b products like every single day and so it's like you start to realize like i i started to realize how quickly i like to learn even in my own way which is very different than how jay and my business partner likes to learn and my wife likes to learn right like you can pretty quickly see like how there are such different just styles of learning that the hey here's the same track that everyone goes through we're going to give you the same webinar videos and the slides and everything. It, it, like I can see how that starts to fall flat because, you know, people want to move at their own pace. They want different styles and, and ways that you're engaging. Um, so that, that certainly makes sense. And I think there, that too probably brings in like the gamification of it, which I think people often might miss out on too. Like I haven't seen when we think about community and I think to your point, Alex earlier, like, you know, you can go build communities and, and things that feel larger and are more connective in terms of um, your users. And that's where we see a lot of gamification, but I'm curious maybe from your guys' perspective, like have you seen the gamification make its way into this learning experience and trying to get people to get certifications or earn points or badges or things that will, you know, just help them feel more excited about coming into the product and learning it and becoming an expert. I think, uh, you know, the, the point about micro learning is, is spot on because if you build your content in this modular kind of small way, you give the user an option of either digesting it in a little chunks that, that are, you know, easy to kind of handle, or you can build it all into like a holistic course or whatnot. Um, but, but either way you slice it, I think, you know, I think building it in a way to where it's 
fun and yeah, you earn badges and points and you can trade the points in for merch and, and all those kinds of things are really cool because it helps foster engagement, but it also builds your brand. If you can offer somebody a t-shirt for, you know, finishing two courses or, you know, a thousand points or whatever it is, you know, people are going to get a t-shirt and they'll mow their lawn with a t-shirt. It's going to be great. Um, but it, it, it builds that kind of sense of, sense of community. I think, um, there's another element here that is an interesting um, topic that's come to you know, my, my attention a lot recently, which is this notion of whether to monetize or not monetize your your learning content. Because, <clears throat> you know, I think it's a balance that you have to strike uh, between building value for your brand through your content and, and really making it fun and engaging and, and showcasing your brand, but then also, you know, do you turn it into a, a, a full-blown PNL and maybe, you know, the teasers that you put out there not only drive value, but they drive folks towards your training program and, and all those kinds of things. So uh, in a way, you know, if you pay for a, a piece of content and if you pay for some training, that right there is going to foster engagement as well. And who's to say you can't gamify the whole thing still when it's monetized? In fact, you totally should. Yeah, I um, I tend to lean more towards like non monetization of like mm -hmm. everything. Um, like this, yeah. uh, you should like you should. I mean, yeah, uh, you guys probably know us for now just by our content. Like we have a uh, any of our content that we put out from a customer imperative perspective. Like we generally just give it away for free because you know we think eventually it's going to come back around to to give us business. And um, mm -hmm. you know, I know every business can operate like that, but in my mind, I just now start to associate. I'm like, just give it away, you know, like it'll come back in spades. Uh, but now I can see how that, you know, when you start thinking about the time and energy that has to go into that, if we have to customize training, if we have to go on site, whenever that comes back available, like there are certain ways that I think you can package up and look at training. But um, I do think that one thing I wished businesses maybe looked at a little bit more is this whole concept of like, I'm going to give away as much as possible because the more I can give away and get, you know, people engaged, then like, it's going to come back tenfold, right? They're going to kind of want to come back yeah. and learn more. It's going to build brand value. There's so many good things that can come out of it. Um, but I think it is an interesting discussion because there's, you know, we talk with businesses all the time, even not even about training, like monetizing training, but also monetizing customer success or different models mm -hmm. and ways um, that you do it. So uh, it's nice. I Which is kind of that. an oxymoron when you think about it, you know? Yeah. You're going to yep. pay for your success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. Well, uh, and, I think, I think one of our um, advisors had a quote too, that was basically like, well, it's coming out of somewhere, right? It's either going to be built into the, yeah. it's going to be built into the SaaS price or it's not going to be built in and it's going to be separate. And so eventually you're going to pay for it. But uh, I know what you mean. I, I would have one point, which is that I think you have to earn the right to monetize. So produce quality content that resonates and right. that actually helps your customers along, you know, mature along that journey. And eventually, you know, when they need significant handholding or maybe, you know, that white glove level of support, then, you know, there's a mutual understanding that you have the potential to deliver and that your time investment is actually worth uh, a cost yep. um, because then you, yeah, yeah. Yep. go ahead. I was going to say at some point you risk, you know, uh, becoming too much of a cost center. And so that consideration needs to be weighed in. I've seen a lot of success personally as well of, of really putting out as much one-to-many content as possible and really driving yourself as a thought leader in the industry. 
um, and then using that as essentially lead gen for professional services engagement, where the, the, the free content and the content that's out there is, you know, it is pretty complete and you could go through it end to end and get a good sense for, um, you know, for, for what it is you need to do and the business challenges that you're trying to solve for. But then that then becomes lead gen into actual consultative services where you can use the content as almost a prerequisite for, uh, for going through uh, consultation and, and selling those consultative services. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and I like that, right? It's like you're creating subtle ways to get to build like pipeline for stuff and it's then becoming yeah. a softer sell. It doesn't necessarily have to be a hard pitch. Uh, perfect. Well, there's one last point I wanted to touch on um, Sama, from your answer, which I thought was really interesting was the perspective of how do you train executives? And I think you had put in there, you know, thinking about condensing time um, and how, you know, an executive isn't necessarily going to be in the system, maybe day to day, they don't need to know everything, but how did you approach maybe thinking about your personas and, and specifically around that executive kind of learning path? Um, like, how did you guys approach that? Or how do you think about that now in terms of getting the right balance of making sure that they understand, you know, what's happening or what can happen in the tool, but at the same time, uh, not giving them like a, a week long, you know, deep dive course where they're going to start to get frustrated with how much energy they have to put into it. Yeah. So I think building on that micro learning concept, I think that to the extent that you can, you know, extract some of the relevant modular modules uh, for an executive, which would include like a platform overview. I think reporting is a really big one because often that executive is tasked with socializing uh, value or providing kind of an ROI update internally. And so, you know, you need to be able to empower them to run the appropriate reports um, and share the right metrics internally. So, uh, but you know, you also need, hopefully you have an individual success plan that that executive has signed off on. And so as you kind of provision access to, you know, relevant uh, learning interactions that you've created within whatever knowledge base or system you've, uh, you've adopted internally, then hopefully the learning content aligns with that joint roadmap for success and the executive is more likely to actually consume and complete that content. Uh, at least that's, that's what I've seen work. One thing to add to that, that, um, uh, that I have seen work really well in the past and anytime you're talking about, you know, the, especially the implementation of a staff platform is sometimes you'll get into these scenarios where the decision maker on the actual purchase is nowhere to be found in the actual implementation of the platform, which creates havoc for all of those under the decision maker because they're, you know, all of a sudden they're thrust into this project that they had no idea was coming. <clears throat> and so a lot of my approach with executive education has been around, hey, we need you as part of this process and the implementation process to really help drive your teams and drive accountability internally and, you know, maybe kick off training sessions and do those kinds of things. And so at that point, the education becomes more around, this is what we need you to do to ensure success in the long term and the adoption of the platform. Yeah, I think those are both great points. Like I love um, how you're thinking about that, Sama, where you know, you're thinking about the, how is the executive gonna have to go do their job? And like, how is our tool gonna go help enable them to do that? And so focusing on yeah. the, the reporting aspect, like the value that's gonna come out of it, 
because really you want that person to become your champion internally. And the only way they're going to be able to do that is to get the right information and be able to articulate that internally. Um, and then Alex, to your point too, you know, just thinking about um, how, you know, you really need to drive some accountability in that onboarding process. And I think that also comes with, we've talked about this a lot in office hours of, of late is this concept around the, the transition from sales into kind of that onboarding and customer success phase, you know, making sure that we do have a strategic conversation that's happening still at the high level. Um, and, you know, we're not taking that executive down into the tactical level because it's going to, if we can keep it strategic and keep them accountable and, and, and moving in the right direction. And then I think, you know, you start getting them thinking about the value, then, you know, you, you keep them up here versus having kind of a seesaw effect um, when you think about their journey and experience. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, this was quick. I liked it. Uh, I think this is going to be cool. You know, we're going to put this out and I'm going to tag in this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and tag the post that we have going on gain, grow, retain. Uh, so people can come in and join the conversation, but um, you know, Sama and Alex, thanks so much for joining today, which is a quick one. And hopefully we get the chance to do this again. Um, I liked doing these. I think this is going to be a, a cool little concept of just trying to take some stuff off the page, um, get some words around it and, and potentially engage people in a different medium. So uh, I'm excited to, to put this out there. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.